Our reading this morning will be Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. It can be found in your Pew Bibles, New Testament, page 71. The Mission of the Seventy. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Is that on now? Yeah, okay. Most of us, I think, know the frustration of having too much to do and too little time to do it. Uh, if you don't have that situation, explain to me how you got there, and I would be happy to try and follow. Seems to me that there is only one law of nature that applies to my life. If there was only one, it would be there's never enough time. As Jesus neared the time that he would face the cross in Jerusalem, he realized he wouldn't have the time to do what he wanted. There are many more places that he needed to uh, reach, uh, tell them that the kingdom of heaven was nearby, and he wasn't going to have time to get all of that done. So he needed a change of strategy. Until this point, the strategy had been that he would go and do things. He would go and, and meet in a community. He would do the healing. He would do the, uh, the uh, casting out of demons or whatever else needed to be done. He would also then do the preaching and tell people that God was present with them, that the kingdom of heaven was near. Now, there was a weakness in that approach. Not everyone was hearing about him. It was wherever he happened to be, and then those who happened to be there, that they would spread the word. Now, that worked to some extent because uh, people would hear he was going to be somewhere and flock there. But there were a lot of other places that just didn't hear and just didn't know. And I'm sure Jesus was asking himself how he could be more effective in reaching people. Well, whatever his thinking, whatever his planning, he did come up with a way to reach more people. He delegates part of the task to others. There's some disagreement uh, between different manuscripts as to the exact number of people that he uh, delegated this task to. Uh, some say 70, others say 72, and the exact number isn't important. I think the church is often engaged in useless speculation about uh, details like whether it was 70 or 72 people, and in doing that, I think the church has at times lost sight of the real message in that particular passage of Scripture. 
What's important isn't the number of people he sent out, but the task that he gave them to do. Jesus' plan called for dividing the group into uh, two uh, teams of two. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think in my mind, when I think of the teams going out, I picture being all men going out, and, and that may well have been, that would have fit with things then. But uh, uh, Jesus was doing more than that. He was trying to reach people who hadn't been reached. And now instead of just him and the 12 disciples, there would be 36 teams that could communicate and tell the people what needed to be done. What was their job? To go ahead of him to the towns he would be visiting and prepare the way. Time was coming out. The cross was coming. The teams were sent out. Jesus is aware that even with the extra teams at work in the field, there's still more that needed to be done. And so it's in this context where he's sending out all of these teams to different places where he says the harvest was plentiful, but the laborers are few. If any of you have farmed, you'll know that for some crops, there's a rather narrow window in which the harvest can take place. I know that in Oklahoma, wheat was that way because they would get these big windstorms coming. So when it was ripe, if they didn't get it in, they have one of those windstorms, the wheat would all be beaten down and they wouldn't be able to get much out of it. Even a, a bumper crop would go to waste. I've seen farmers who push themselves to the point of exhaustion trying to get those crops gathered in. And if there's a shortage of workers, the only option is to have everyone who is working work longer hours. The crop's ready, it's just the shortage of the workers that causes the problem. Well, that's the situation Jesus was faced with. He selects uh, 70 people, and as I said, most likely 70 men, although we know that Jesus had women who were followers, and he may have had teams of both men and women. It would have gone against the uh, cultural norms, but Jesus had a way of doing that on several occasions where people said, oh gosh, you shouldn't do that. Jesus tells his teams that uh, they have a job to do. It's an urgent job that requires single-mindedness. There won't be time to worry about packing up belongings between stops. You're going to go, you're going to do this, you're going to do the healing. That was part of what their job was. But then go on to the next place. Sells them to take nothing with them. This is an urgent assignment and baggage would slow them down. Later on, when when the context is different, uh, Jesus is talking about going, them going out, and he gives different instructions, and he tells the disciples to be prepared. They're to take along the things they'll need with them, but that's later. Right now, they need to get this job done. Luke reports that Jesus gave an, an additional instruction that to, I think, our modern ears uh, may sound rather harsh. He tells them that if they aren't welcome in a town, they shouldn't waste time trying to generate interest. The term Luke uses is that they should shake the dust off their feet. It's important to get beyond those exact words. This command is a matter of staying focused on the task. In one sense, it's a gesture of giving up on a town. Wiping the dust off their feet would be saying they, they'd had their chance, we're not gonna do any more. Jesus was saying that this task was urgent and they had other places to go. And if that was the case, they couldn't waste time 
trying to get one particular place to respond. There wasn't going to be time to get the message to all the places Jesus wanted to hear it. There certainly wasn't time to argue with people and try to persuade them to accept the message if they weren't inclined to do that. To me, the situation really hasn't changed much in 2,000 years. There are still people who don't know the message that the kingdom of God is here in Jesus. And there's a shortage of people to tell those who don't know. All around us, our people are living uh, lives that are unfulfilled and, and miserable because the message hasn't gotten through. And many of these people uh, don't need to be preached at, they need to be ministered to. And there's a big difference between the two concepts. There are young people who have been raised without someone to guide them to Jesus, so that they're, they're totally unaware of what it is. And there are young people who were raised in the church, and the cares and the concerns of life have pulled them away from the Master. They still need to hear the message that, in Jesus, the kingdom of God has come to them. There are old people who need to hear the message. Some of them have never been around a church or around people who make the message clear. But others have been busy in church all their lives, but the busyness has really kept the good news from getting through. And between the young and the old, there are all the rest, many of whom don't know Jesus. And if they know the name, it may be only as a part of swearing. They certainly don't know Jesus as a loving Savior who came to change the world. Now these people may not need to be preached at. As I said earlier, there's a big difference between preached at and ministered to. And different people need to be ministered to in different ways. There's no one single approach that's the silver bullet that'll work for every person in the world. The way of getting the message out is as varied as the people who are going to receive it. There are a variety of people and a variety of ways the message needs to be presented. However, just as in the time of Jesus, there is still more work to be done than there are people to do it. Another thing to consider is that there's a major difference between the task today and the task that Jesus had. And even those 70 or 72 disciples who were sent out were taking out a message that was unique, something that they had never really uh, been able to share with people before. And, and people hearing it were hearing it for the first time. It was a message that told them of Jesus and his teaching. And, and it was backed up by the fact that these people apparently were also doing healing. We face a different problem. We are repeating a message that most people around us in this country believe that they've heard and understood. More than likely, people we talk to in our day and time will hear just enough to know we're talking about Jesus and then quit listening. They think they'll know the whole story. I don't know how many times I've sat with people and, and, and even without me saying anything, they find out I'm a pastor and they'll say something, oh yeah, we know all about this. And, and that's the end of it. They don't really want to hear more. It's hard to tell something to someone if they think they already know it. It's hard to hold the attention of someone when we're talking about things they've heard all their life, or at least they think they've heard. When Jesus sent the 70 out, he was aware that a deadline was approaching, a real deadline, where Jesus would be dead. Once Jesus was crucified and, and more importantly raised to life, the message changed in the sense that it included that, that action in the process. And there, they would be past the deadline in some ways, but there was still another deadline coming. 
It's the deadline where people's hearts became dead. When Jesus sent the 70 or, or 72 out, it was nothing strange or unusual. He wasn't doing something that, that uh, people would look at and say, gee, we've never seen teams like this come around. Traveling teachers were the rule. In some cases, it was the traveling teachers who provided entertainment, a break from the routine of life, and people looked forward to hearing something that would make life more bearable, or at least break the monotony. Today, we compete with the entertainment industry, and it's designed to help people forget their worries for a time. Note that the entertainment doesn't really provide any real change. It doesn't heal a broken heart. It's all about escape, so that for a few minutes, we can think of something else. It's often true that, that people don't really want to look at themselves. They don't look at the situation they live in. There are many who will tell us that everything is fine, uh, just don't worry, be happy, and, and they go on from there, not really paying attention to what's happening around them. Well, in the end, Jesus needs workers today just as much as he needed them 2,000 years ago. People have a variety of abilities and skills, and what's lacking are people who will use those skills for the sake of Jesus. Most people then and now will try to avoid pain, that is, they will try to avoid anything that makes them uncomfortable, and, and looking at yourself will make yourself uncomfortable. I'm amazed at how many people haven't really looked at themselves. That can be extremely uncomfortable. Yet, if we don't examine ourselves, we won't realize what we can do. I'm talking to those who, who are Christians. To examine yourself, really know yourself, and realize there's work for you to do. You may be the only person God has on the scene at the moment. That doesn't matter how old or how young you are. You may be the only one. It's only after one really examines himself or herself that understanding can come about. An understanding of what one can do to accomplish the work of Christ. Jesus needs people who will go through the anxiety of self-examination so they can take a clear message to the world. Today still, the harvest is plentiful. There are multitudes right here in this community who haven't really heard the good news. They may have heard the stories, but to really hear it as good news for them, that's not happened yet. Who will tell them if you don't? The good news is, is that because of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, we can have peace with ourselves and peace with God. And because of what Jesus did, we can help one another and heal the sick and lift up the downtrodden. Sometimes it requires us to find new ways of getting that message across. And that's always uncomfortable to adventure into those new ways. Words aren't always effective. When we do things to minister to the needs of others, we're telling people that God cares about them. I don't think Jesus was constantly preaching, by the way. As I read through the New Testament, almost always the first thing that comes out is Jesus was healing someone in one way or another. And that healing then led them to be able to think about what the message was. When we do things for people to help them, no matter what those things are, it's an opening of the door so that people might listen to what it is that's being said. We pray that this morning God will send out workers who will carry on the work in this place.
And I ask you to pray that God will send workers to help people to realize the good news about Jesus the Christ. And while we're praying about all of that, I would encourage you to ask yourselves for our day and time, are you one of those Jesus is sending out? Join with me in prayer. Our God, you who are Lord of the harvest, we need workers to carry out your mission. Lord, we need those who will work in areas where little is being done, and we need those who will work where more help is needed. Our God, send workers to do your work. Encourage those who are working that they will know that they are not alone. And God, make it clear to each of us in what way we are being sent out. We come before you because of what Jesus the Master did. Amen.